Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? Today's guest is Laura Sogar. She is a former professional swimmer turned stand-up comedian and now also podcast host. She co-hosts the podcast Risque Business News, and every week they read very dull articles on the latest in the business world and then give you the updates mixed with their own gloriously unprofessional opinions. So it's the business world, just not boring. You can listen to that anywhere you find your podcasts, but for now, let's get on with the show. Well, we're really excited to have you here. Yes, hi, welcome, Laura. My dad's going to be so excited. Hi, Rob. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about being a good girl. I don't know if I am anymore, but I certainly was. That is the 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 point. Yeah. It's where you stand today. We have had a few people who are like, I think I'm a good girl gone bad. And we're like... Yeah, that's that also that's giving counts. it a lot. But yeah, <laughs> or they and then they describe what they think makes them bad, and we go, oh no, that you're sad, <laughs> you're, you're so sad, sad. you're so no, no, sad. No, 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 Sorry, no, no, no. hate to break it to you. <laughs> cool. Well, we can just dive right into our first question, mm-hmm. Laura. What makes you a good girl, or what is your good girl origin story? Ooh, well, I was thinking about this because again, I think at my core, I, I consider good girl like wholesome, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. a big like wholesome energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a elite athlete for my entire life, which involves a lot of rule following and mm-hmm. really just sticking, sticking to the book and discipline <laughs> and discipline and not a lot of opportunities for being bad because you'll go slow and that is bad. So I was a swimmer, a professional swimmer for a long time. I was on the national team. Um, and I started swimming when I was I started competitively swimming when I was five years old. So I started swimming before then. So I do not have memories from prior life. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of time and energy spent just going to the pool all the time. And I got to compete for the United States. So I literally would go on like training camps, uh, like fucking taxpayer funded. Are we allowed to swear? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot of training uh, at like the Olympic Training Center and stuff. I would definitely consider anything involved in that like being a good girl. Mm -hmm. I was literally getting drug tested in high school to see if I was taking anything that would make me faster and then also other drugs. So there was not a lot of opportunities to be bad. Yeah. Um, And your schedule. And the schedule. When were you going to misbehave? And swimming especially just feels so like the early mornings is so unique to swimming. I feel like it's not like, I don't know. Also like ice sports. Yeah. Anything water we related. <laughs> yeah, no, not in this. Uh, yeah, all the hockeys, they were also up early. Figure skating was up early. We were, like in college, my practice started, dove in the water at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. Oh my God. Now we are recording this at 11.30 and I am like, whoa, what is, what are we doing so early? <laughs> I literally was thinking when you were on your way over, Michael and I were like frantically trying to like organized the apartment so it didn't look totally chaotic and I was like this is 11 o'clock and Laura probably is used to like 5 a.m wake-up call no, I mean and I was gonna say sorry for the early morning <laughs> <laughs> no nowadays though I'm like exactly like now I'm like 
whoa, for work, I'm like, yo, every morning, uh, this week they put an 8 a.m. Friday call oh my God. on my schedule. I was like, do you hate me? Am I getting fired? If Why ever, are you doing this to me? Uh, if we have a 9.30, people, like, send out an apology. Yeah. It's like, I'm so sorry that we're starting early. Yeah, <laughs> like, apologies. Okay. Yeah. No, it's just not. We live in New York for a reason. Evening stuff. That's our thing. Yeah. yeah so my schedule was, like, absolutely insane. Um, in high school, I didn't do mornings, um, but I did uh, go to school 30 minutes away. And then my practice was in Massachusetts, and I lived in Rhode Island. So I'd have to drive because it was like going to a, a good team and mm-hmm. the good team. There's no good teams in Rhode And there was a couple, but I don't want to like shit on no, these teams. <laughs> they were terrible. It's, good... a, it's a small state. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I drove like 45 minutes to practice and um, then practice for like three to four hours long okay. and then 45 minutes back and then homework in bed. It was crazy. It was a really hard schedule. Yeah, that's... There was genuinely no time for anything. On Saturday, I was just sleep all day. It was great. And then back in the water on Sunday. Yes. Oh, I had practice on Saturday for... Our practices on Saturday and Sunday were like five hours. But then afterwards... Oh, oh my God. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like, looking back, I'm like, what? How did I... I have no idea. It seems like another person did all that. I would... I could never... We have a lot of like overachievers and, and many extracurriculars on this podcast, but you definitely you win the most um, time devotion. Oh my I god! Think, to your... Yeah, people ask about it, and I'm like, I mean, it's like if you saw my achievement relative to the amount of energy and work and time spent, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be like that impressed. You'd be like, okay, well, like thank God you got that far. Are you crazy? Oh, interesting. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why I would you spend? People, I don't impressed? think that's. I think <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, maybe. I think yeah, people are still impressed. I think people are impressed by the discipline at all. Like I, yeah. I think even yeah. when you say that you're a swimmer, um, I come from a very aquatic family, which I did not get the gene. Um, I'm like a cat. Um, so like I grew up around swimming my whole life. And even when you like, I would just always be around people and they'd be like, oh, my dad's a swim coach. And they'd be like, oh my God, have you ever seen him? And I go, no. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know how the coaches do it. Cause it's like, for swimming, like when you're in it, you're like, oh, I stop at a certain point mm-hmm. and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. But for coaches, it's like, well, this is my career. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Couldn't be me. Respect to your dad. Good for he him. He just like really loves it. That's great. He no, really I mean, it, they, they really love it. They really mm-hmm. get it. They're very passionate. You have to be because if my, if my work today was like, you have to go at 530 in the morning, I'd say no. I'd say I'm quitting. Yeah. <laughs> also, for most of my life, I thought my dad came home in the middle of the day and slept, and he never did that. So I don't really know when. Like he would when go, he was sleeping. When he was sleeping, I guess he would go to bed at like nine, like ten thirty. But that still isn't. That's like not an unreasonable. That's an un- yeah. That's a normal time to go to bed, that's but like and then get up at like six thirty-seven. Oh no, that, he that would, would be... be a good schedule. Yeah, but, but instead no. he's getting up at like probably four. four. Oh my god! At what? Well, did you realize when you were in it? That that was crazy. Yes. I mean, I guess you knew other people. So. <laughs> I did have very limited contact with the yeah. outside world. Here's the thing, though: it like really becomes your entire identity at that mm-hmm. point, and people, yeah. well, which is issues. Like people really struggle to like reinvent themselves afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but while you're in it, all of your friends are doing it. Like you're spending so much time that most of your community is these same people. So it's like, like literally, if I would miss practice, everyone would just like give you so much shit like my coach would call me multiple times and be like where the hell are you 
And then afterwards, everyone would hop on like AIM, you know, yeah. and be like, uh, where were you today? And you're like, I don't want to go. Like, I don't know. And it was, so it was not an option. Yeah. Like you had to go. There's a lot of social peer pressure. What do you think came first? Your like swimming made you a good girl or your good girl tendencies made you a good swimmer? I don't know because I ne- literally don't have memories right. from yeah, before. So it's kind of... It. It's very difficult to, like, separate my initial identity from the swimming achievements. And I think, like, my dad definitely helped me out the gate um, realize that the more work I put into it or, like, the more seriously I took it, the more achievements I would get out of it. Mm -hmm. I had a ton of genetic factors that helped me, too. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I'm very tall. The ratio of my arms to body length and stuff worked out and built muscle quickly. But ultimately, he was the one who was, like, able to be like if you warm up before even when I was seven like really young like if you go and like do your warm-ups and stuff like that you're gonna win and let me tell you winning feels great whoa high recommend (laughs) winning stuff is awesome that was a we were joking about or just like even like doing good academically like all of that is very much a good girl thing you're like oh I did something good other people are praising me for that yeah like very much a good girl tendency and I was joking that Literally, I took the safe sitter certification just so I could, like, pass the test and have another certificate. And then I actually babysat a child, and I was like, I'm going to poison this thing. I'm going to kill it on accident. Like, I am not equipped to babysit. So it was like... But I am a safe sitter. What? I'm a safe sitter. I'm going to actually safely sit in my own home. No children. Uh, But, like, just the idea of anything you can achieve is a good achievement. And I I think especially, like, for women, and especially in that time period, it was like very much women's empowerment. Like you, Mm -hmm. like your mom might be working or something Mm -hmm. like that. And everyone was like, you can do it. Go girl. But it's like also the double-edged sword of if you weren't doing it, then you like weren't a little feminist in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have you ever thought about like, I thought a lot about like how I always wanted to be the best and like achieve all these things and stuff like that. Cause I felt like that would help make me, uh, you know, more, feminist I guess in a way Mm -hmm. it's like look at this look at me go like it's like like all the commercials say like we can do it and then later on I was like why like (laughs) what about your what about what you want what do I want you know I actually always remember seeing like gymnasts and tampon ads and I'm like honestly I wouldn't want to be doing backflips on my period and is that too much yeah that too much oh that wasn't my reaction my reaction was like well if they can do it I can go to dance (laughs) on my period right yeah it was always in context of when's my period yeah Yeah. well I also do remember like watching the gymnast things and being like those girls don't have a period yeah this <laughs> that is bullshit that 15 year old gymnast no way she has a period yeah, she, her body fat percentage is negative yeah. so she's not fertile right now <laughs> I don't think her body's freaking out about that yeah that's so interesting you're actually I think our first like athlete on really? the podcast and oh we are good girls yeah we have talked to a lot of like well, we talked to a dancer recently. We talked to a lot of musical theater people, whether we knew it before or not. Like everybody, oh, God. Everybody who comes on this podcast is like, actually, it's my musical theater background. And we're like, uh-huh. Um, so we were like, we need to get an athlete to talk about, like, that world because yeah. it's so different, but also there's a lot of similarities and stuff. Oh, that yeah. Um, not a musical folk. <laughs> Do you come from a swimming family? No. Okay. No, actually. Ironically, I come from a kind of a musical family. My cousin went to Juilliard. Oh. Um, so that was also funny. We were like very competitive. She's fucking mm-hmm. going to Juilliard. And I'm like, 
All right. For for oboe. The oboe. And like we would go to Thanksgiving at their house and it would be like we're the same age too. So like mm-hmm. who had the biggest achievement recently? Wow. And it's like she's playing like this orchestra or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm, I won US Open. So, but you can't play, you can't swim at Thanksgiving dinner, which is a real, which is a real bummer because you can play the oboe. I mean, you can bring your medals probably. You, you could, that's, yeah. You just show up at a swim cap and you're like, I'm, I'm ready at any moment. I just want you to I'm know. Do you ready? got a <laughs> Yeah. Anyone want to creak in the back? <laughs> Freaking Julia's busting out the oboe. And I'm like, this is the worst. That's that this is funny. the worst. That would kill me. That would make me not. Maybe that's why I'm like, performing, I could do it at at any point in time. That's why you do stand up. You can always you can do stand up at Thanksgiving dinner now. You d- I mean, I'm now. Have you done it? No. I've done it. At <laughs> They're not else's a funny people. <laughs> you have? I've done it at someone else's. People Thanksgiving. are always like break out a joke, and I'm like, no, thank you. You can pay to come to one of my shows. Right. And then they laugh. So oh. it's like an edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a win-win. No. Yeah. After one, I've been invited to other people's Thanksgivings, and two, like I'm like the least I can do is shower you with my hilarity, <laughs> and two, after three glasses of wine. After a, oh, after yeah. two sips of wine, I'm like, I mean, if anybody, if anybody's interested, I would do some stand-up right now. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, it's a complex. We can, we can dive on that later. Dive in on that later. That is but, hilarious. Yeah, can't swim at Thanksgiving dinner. It's a huge bummer. And you were also kind of raised religious. Yeah, well, it was funny because my mom went through this like whole journey while I was growing up. My mom went through a lot of journeys and then just dragged me along mm-hmm, with them. Mm-hmm. So we went through... I can... <laughs> For some reason, these are linked. They are technically totally different, but she went through this whole horse period. Mm. It feels weirdly religious, and it's, I don't know, no. (laughs) Horses do feel weirdly religious. They feel weirdly tied in with, she got kicked out of the Catholic church um, because she was like just normal Catholic, like not really like, Mm -hmm. just kind of like culturally, culturally Catholic. We, I did uh, the um, confirmation. Okay. So like did that whole thing. Was the whole time I was like, the saints are, they're not, that's not real. Like, and everyone was like, no, 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 they're real. And I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay. not buying the miracle thing. I'm not buying, it's fine, science, but like, you can mix it together. Okay, no. They did not think that was okay. Um, but then my mom, um, she got divorced before I, like, way, like, way before I was born. But there's part of that when you need to go into the Catholic Church, they want you to annul mm-hmm. that marriage. Like they wanted to pretend like it never existed in the eyes of God. And she was like, "No, no, it did. Like we just, you know, grew apart. Blah blah blah. Like it was like, oh, I've never thought about that with annulment. That like you have to mentally you, take on the idea that you were never never married, married. to that person. Yeah. But like she was like, but like that's a lie. <laughs> like that's yeah. a lie. But that's a lie. I was married to this person. And if that's going to be a big deal breaker, then I don't know if this is for me. Because this feels like a strange, weird mental gymnastics right. that you're, we're all kind of weirdly lying to God who who knows. Yeah. <laughs> He's, or whatever, they've got it. Like mm-hmm. so When I was a kid, I found annulment like comforting because I was like, I could wash this whole thing away. And obviously, if I wanted to get something annulled, I had been bamboozled because like the, in the eyes of the church, annulment is like, it, um, if you got married under false pretenses, so like, your spouse yeah. was cheating on you or, oh, there were some horrible reasons you could get annulled like, oh, I didn't know my spouse was infertile. Ugh. Disgusting. Dude. Yes. 
But I know. I did, I, so I, I always found a moment like comforting because I was like, oh, if it was if it didn't work out, like it obviously would only be for some terrible reason because people don't just grow apart. Uh, yeah. Um. And but now I'm like, was, right, a moment is gotta be very difficult to especially when with. she was like i mean they had like a good marriage for a few years and then grew apart this nice german man it was just not the not the fit she got mm-hmm. married really young um because of a lot of other circumstances and then it was like no i that mm-hmm. was a i i, I respect this person <laughs> pretend this never happened so anyway she fell off of the catholic church i'm over here freshly confirmed just like all right what are we doing now um and at this point she um signs my sister and I up for this evangelical middle high middle school in the Rhode in Rhode Island. So it's interesting because usually like the evangelical church is like super intense, right? Mm-hmm. But in Rhode Island it's a very liberal state, so it like was kind of a strange combination and realistically the only reason we were there was because it was the best school available. It was like this like my we went we lived in this hick city, not city, town, Exeter. It was just turf farms. The schools oh, there were the, the schools were like really like I got there and they were like you could skip two grades and my mom was like okay no <laughs> we need an actual education here. If you went to Exeter Middle or High School, you're probably not listening to this podcast. I'm gonna be a hundred percent with you. And if yeah, you just didn't, you just didn't. Exeter West Greenwich, we you know we're not an academic folk. Mm-hmm. Um, so she put us into this school primarily for academic reasons, and then we were like in the mix of that. Which they have some like pretty insane beliefs, but it's also a lot of it was like the teachers there. I don't really think we're in on like the being evangelical. So they taught a very like uh, interpretive perception of the Bible. And I actually Mm -hmm. really liked that. I was very much like, yeah, no one actually got ate by a fish. It was like representing their problems or something like that. It was like these like insurmountable things they had to overcome in society and then telling all like the scientific reasons like for the dietary restrictions and stuff like that which in retrospect i'm like oh that seems like the most reasonable right so it's like expensive and, compo- and like could kill you poison like totally yeah. yeah you don't eat yeah, pork yeah. because they didn't have refrigeration yeah and it's gonna kill you for sure if it's bad <laughs> like yeah. that, i've never even heard that that's so interesting. really yeah. yeah that's a lot of the dietary stuff in the bible is if you like look at it it's like common sense advice that you'd give if you Mm -hmm. didn't have like ways to prepare like i think there's some stuff on salting Mm -hmm. and salting was like Like an old school preservation method that would prevent you from getting like crazy bacteria and dying Mm -hmm. (laughs) dying Mm -hmm. i don't remember all the other rules but a lot of like judaism has these as well because obviously from the old testament and um like milk was probably always bad so they're like don't mix your milk with other yeah xyz like Mm -hmm. that's yeah kosher law basically comes from elementary food science yeah interesting yeah. i never thought about that and the reason God's it's like trying to keep you keep we only safe. eat fish on fridays as catholics is because meat was very expensive and an indulgence yeah. versus now like fish is normally more expensive but it's still like a more or less tradition that's upheld mm-hmm. versus like oh you're not going to indulge you should save your money and tithe it exactly exactly and so, so people get really hung up on like the why are these rules like a thing and it's like well you gotta really go back in time mentally like Mm -hmm. as to why this might have made sense in that culture that's a good education it was actually (laughs) so like yeah weird coming from this evangelical school because like especially in the context of now with like the the far right and all that stuff like it's really taken on a different meaning but at that point i was like 
seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was kind of like what we technically were doing for a little while there. And then we went to, I would consider it more of like a non-denominational church um, at that point. My mom briefly was like into the evangelical side and we went to a camp at Focus on the Family. Oh! Which has really yeah. escalated. since. This was <laughs> yeah. 20 more something years ago. Uh, and it was because I was at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado and it's there. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize they were Colorado. They have, or at least they have, 20 years yeah. ago, they had a massive. It's basically like a theme park. Yes. Yeah. And that was when we went to that. I think that's when my mother realized, like, oh, they they really are trying to make some cash on this mm. whole experience. Interesting. It was very commercialized. It was very, like, money oriented. Huh. And that is not what the Bible might put forward necessarily and it's not focusing on the family it is sure is not to focus on the family and then they really yeah this was a while ago and then it's really it's really taken on some bad stuff since then we have um played a game based on focus on the family they have a um what's it called plugged in yeah plugged in which is where they review like movies and tv shows and video games that come out oh, and how christian they are and so we played <laughs> how a game christian are you exactly. um so that, and they like rate it and we um read the review and then we had the guest guess what movie it was and it was like um they they make fun of short people and she was like is it shrek and i was like yes like they're very mean to the one short character they like, really are i guess at the end of the day they are bullying farquad they, they have other insane opinions but um, it was really, that was a fun game. Yeah, I feel like Harry really Potter good. came out and Focus on the Family was just like, this, it yeah. hit, hit their stride. They were like, we're going to focus on, we're going to focus, focus on this. Yeah. Family, goodbye. Harry Potter. Harry Potter yeah. is burn the books. And they were like, ooh, and Twilight, party time. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, let's ride. And we're like, you have other issues, but okay. <laughs> and Twilight, they saved sex for marriage. So they really should yeah. have. Yeah. He's Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> You know that? What? She's a Mormon. It's like a lot of it's based on Mormonism. That explains so much. Yeah. And it was like... Poor decision-making skills. Yeah. Poor decision-making skills. Poor de- Okay. I also feel like... Sorry, Mormons, whole... but figure it out. I don't know. Well, just like the... This one person has the love of your life. You're like paired with this Yeah, you're making you really horrifying decisions. <laughs> horrifying. In the name of something ambiguously beneficial to your life. What is she getting out of any of this besides trauma? Well, I, you know, I can't decide. Did she like want to be a vampire to be with him, or she kind of like seems rad? Because I, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it does seem cool. Like, <laughs> he's I'd like, like no, to be strong. This is the skin of a killer, Bella, and she's like, but it's literally sparkly. That sounds nice. <laughs> I, maybe I should reread it in context of her just scheming her way into being <laughs> yeah, a vampire. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, <laughs> all right, I take it all back. You know what I mean? <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna trick this guy into loving me so Shut, that I can right, be a vampire. Have, my how do I become a vampire? Long khaki skirts. That's the answer. Long, Long khaki, khaki skirts. skirts. When you reread it, you like it, they kind of took it out of Mormonism for the films, like through what, the way they dress, like the yeah. way they talk to Dude, each other. All the Mormons I've known, maybe my like opinion is skewed on this, but they were fucking nuts in the sense <laughs> of like they partied so they would like go to school and then like totally like have this like little like rebellion moment where yeah. all like you gotta relax. Interesting. I feel like I've only and then they ever would settle back in. met well-adjusted Mormons. There you go. Yeah. Maybe I just meet them, like, at specific parts in their Phases life. Phases of their life. Yeah. I've met... I also think nowadays it's probably a bit different with, like, the internet. 
like social yeah. media and stuff like that, like how yeah. it would expose. I don't know. What an interesting world. Mm-hmm. We had a permit on the pod. We love you, Maddie. Congrats on getting married and becoming a doctor all Yay. in like five months. It's oh, very cool for you. See, they, they talk about good girls. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, that's, Holy that was her. Crap. That was kind of her perspective. And she's still like a practicing Mormon. Um, but she said that like she kind of lost a lot of it. We actually interviewed her right around like Roe v. Wade yeah. being overturned. And she was literally in her gyne- gynecological rounds. And she's like, I come from a place where... Should we pause? Yeah, probably. So she was um, in her gynecological rounds. Rounds, and she's like, it's t- difficult because like abortion is healthcare in so many circumstances. She's like, I've seen it save lives. I've seen it be the only option. Yeah. And like when you're coming from a very black and white perspective, so she's still a practicing Mormon, but has like really kind of come around on specific things, um, and like still finds a lot of beauty in Mormonism and like where she I can is. See that. And I like, I love that. Mm-hmm. I feel like. The thing about being a Mormon, if you are in it, if you're, like, out of it in any capacity, you have to do so much introspection yes. to, like, get out of it at all that you do kind of normally end up coming pretty well just on, out on the other side. Yeah, no, I definitely would agree with that. But the people that are still in it and, like, don't see any other perspective, I struggle yeah. with. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a... Cause okay. I, and I think it's part of my background in the sense of, like, my family has been unbelievably questioning of, like, everything, mm-hmm. which is why we've done a bunch of different versions of religion. But we're also... We've also been very, like, spiritually active at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, like, always been like, nah, that that sounds like bullshit. <laughs> that sounds like bullshit and hypocritical. Because mm-hmm. frequently, once the church sits for a little while, it gets a little hypocritical. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what, well, actually, what if we go back to loving thy neighbor? What yeah, if we what if back to that? we weren't horrifying bitches to everyone? <laughs> yeah, what if? I think that's such a good perspective because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we were raised to kind of like question stuff and I don't think all of the like people who worked at my church felt that way, but like that's definitely yeah. how my parents were. But then I I feel like we've met so many people who like their perspective was like, well, if you question things, then like that's you doubting God. And so like you shouldn't question. Mm-hmm. And then when that's in your mind, then it just makes it like so hard because you feel like every time you're like, well, maybe this isn't right. Like maybe... You know, yeah. I'm having these thoughts and they're not a sin. Maybe it's just like how I am. And they're like, no, 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 you can't question that. Like, no. And that, that is, especially like if you're like intellectual at all, I, I don't know, biggest turn off yeah. in mom's yeah. religion. My mom actually took this way further and she got her uh, a master's in uh, theology. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she like really went in on like, all right, let's figure this out. Like, mm-hmm. let's yeah. let's go and understand some more of this. Um, and so I, for a long time, when she would drive me to practice, we'd, she'd put on like various, like Ravi Zachariah and like C.S. Lewis and all these looks. And we'd like listen to it on the, mm-hmm. um, screw tape letters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's been ages, but yeah, listen <laughs> to all of those. And it was interesting. Cause it was, again, it was one of those things where they do a lot of work trying to like intellectually understand what's going on mm-hmm. in the actual texts of these, the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know? That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I will say, like, it is tough, going back to your point, when a central tenet of your religion is obedience. Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> rough stuff. Rough yeah. stuff. Also, Jesus wasn't obedient. That was kind yeah. of his whole thing. It was oh, like, he... Yeah, we he, love he, talking about Jesus' whole thing. Jesus' <laughs> whole thing was, like, going into the temples. I think about this one all the time. Um, and, like, flipping the tables of people trying to sell stuff mm-hmm, off of yeah. it. Yeah. Whoa, we're selling a lot of stuff off of the Bible now, folks. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we end every episode by saying, Jesus, Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't call people whores on the internet. internet. 
And it's still because that had a ring to it. You <laughs> well, should get. You should make that your logo. Well, we actually, shirts. you got shirts and mugs if you'd like something that says Jesus oh on the God, I, horse on the internet. I, I kind of want a shirt. We can hook we, you up. It's got, actually a crop top. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you would look super cute in it. You would look adorable. All right. Yeah, we'll circle back on this. It's black with pink. I'm gonna wear it with slutty hot. shorts. Please yeah. do. Yeah, we would love nothing more. Or his ass hanging out. Yeah. Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. You I mean, can style it however you want, or with your most modest, longest khaki skirt. Yeah. Whatever. I don't have one of those, feeling? but yeah. I will maybe purchase one <laughs> just to keep the keep the vibe switching up. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing what made you good. Would you like to elaborate on what made you sad? On what made me sad? Um, well, so going back to swimming, this is I'm a lot of first and foremost, so many things made me sad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. This it's just not a one. Usually not just one thing. It's yeah, not just one it's, thing. It's not a totally fair question, but. Um, it's open enough that you could interpret it totally. you want. Yeah. And, I, and I have a very, like, probably um, at least most interesting, maybe most unique answer, or probably one of the more unique answers you'll get. Mm-hmm. So I was a professional swimmer for a long time and um, was, as I mentioned, like, competing on an international stage. And uh, obviously in swimming, like, there's one meet that is the important meet. It is making the U.S. Olympic team, which is a fucking hard to do okay i've never done it (laughs) yeah i don't know it's difficult so top two in the country make it and you have to qualify at the olympic trials and i qualified for my first olympic trials when i was like 15 16 or something like that so which is pretty young and i got eighth place at that olympic trials so i was like in the mix already Mm -hmm. and then i went on to like go and win a bunch of like national titles and stuff like that and you kind of go up and down in the rankings, but like always in like that top 10, which meant I was always like a big contender for the Olympic team. And um, everyone thought I was going to make it, like kept going, went to three different Olympic trials. And then the final one, three months before, I went a time that put me like far, far and away in first place. Like I would have finaled at the Olympics with that time, um, like been a medal contender. Mm-hmm. So everyone was like, oh, she's like a shoe and she's going to make it. Like, she won nationals the year before. Like it'd been like, this was like, it, this was it. This yeah. was my time. And I get to that Olympic trials that year and I did not do well. I had a terrible race. Cause I got, I had like panic attacks. Like it was like a very much like, it was annoying. Cause it was like, not only did I not make it, I physically had the body to make it mm-hmm. mentally. I like couldn't do it, mm-hmm. which is, the worst version of that because I was like I've you if your muscles aren't big enough your muscles aren't big enough that's like kind of like a it has to just be the way it is but like mentally to not be able to make that happen was like oh I failed failed like Mm -hmm. I fucking failed and everyone is talking about it Mm -hmm. and now I'm done and then I was retired from swimming at that point so that made me very sad for a little while and very like lost because I had spent at that point I was a well god what year was this I was 25 so you were well out of school I had swum after school Mm -hmm. I'd supported myself with making money from swimming which is and like some part-time jobs and shit um which is an insane thing to do Mm -hmm. by the way there's no (laughs) money in swimming (laughs) there's none but like teaching clinics and like things like that I was able to figure it out for like three years like I like kind of like piece things together in order to go and do this experience and it like didn't work out mm-hmm. um which was like pretty heavy to be going through mm-hmm. at 25 so then afterwards i had to like really kind of figure out like who are you like 
what's up? Like you mm-hmm. now you're done. Like now you got a lot more free time <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to sit and like actually think about things and like because before you were five, yeah. Like I have no memories beforehand, yeah. and all of a sudden, and I like didn't. I had my community still, but a lot of people at that point were all going like all my peers were kind of going through similar exercises of like try to figure out who they were from away from swimming. So mm-hmm. it was like. You know, you, you spent a ton of time with them, but you kind of wanted to be like, do I have friends outside of this? Like, do I, what do I do? And a lot of people go into like coaching and stuff like that and like have a really healthy, wonderful relationship with swimming. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was like dead to me. Yeah. It's gotta go. It's gotta go. So I, um, I did comedy at that point. I was doing improv kind of threw myself into that and then, um, fucking packed my bags and moved to New York. Where were you living before? Austin, Texas. You're still in Texas. Yeah. So I swam at the University of Texas and then for a couple years after I trained professionally there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like, I'd also lived in Austin for seven years at that point. And that city, I obsessed with it, but it's like, it's for children. Um, (laughs) It is. And like, I I don't know, like, well, I love going down there still, but I was like, I gotta go. Mm -hmm. And this is also like a while. This is like almost like eight years ago. So the city has grown up quite a bit since then. But at Mm -hmm. that point it was like broadly a college campus and like like bars. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was time to go. Yeah. It was really intense. I'm still probably, I'm mostly over it, but like definitely elements like I saw this girl who I used to race all the time the other day and I was like, Ooh, I still don't like you mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's for just... no reason. You're, you're fine. Like you're a fine person, but mm, still I... pissing me off. Well, we literally regularly talk about like parts we didn't get in high school plays. So, um, know that your feelings yes. are valid, especially <laughs> here on Good Girls Got Sad. Yeah, we can't relate to the specific circumstances. Sure, 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 sure. But... I mean, that'd be weird. I'd yeah. be like, oh, were you the girl I hate? No. Yeah. <laughs> it is really interesting though, because we talk a lot about like when you go to college for a lot of people is when you have that like, who am I? Like, I really stopped dancing in college and like... I don't know. I just feel like that's when a lot of people are like, I don't have my clubs. I don't have my whatever. Like, who am I here? But then to go through it, like, to have that be your college experience too, where, like, your identity is still so rooted in that. Yeah. And then even after college, and then you're 25 and you have to figure it out, is, like, so much harder because other people went through that at, like, 18. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so everyone else is, like, already, like, going through their crisis of, I picked this lane and now I'm sick of it kind of deal. And I'm just fresh, like... How do you get a job? Yeah. <laughs> Which was crazy in its own right. So like trying to figure all that out while also like mor- mourning the loss of like this big part of my identity. This was also so funny. My dad and I retired the same summer. He was an engineer funny. for like a million years. And he finally like left his job and like was officially like a retired man. And my ass is over here, 25 years old, retiring at the same time, like being super dramatic. And he's like, can I just like have this for one minute? (laughs) (laughs) It's my entire life's work. It's like, me too. And he's like, yeah, but you're a baby. Like, get out of here. That's so But it's still probably the same amount of time he devoted to engineering, you devoted to swimming. Probably. And he was extremely into my swimming, so... It was very much like a, a summer, of rein- summer of reinvention mm-hmm. for all of us. Can, can you swim for fun? Like, do you yeah, enjoy it now? I do. For a while, I didn't touch the water at all. And then I did um, New York Athletic Club, mm-hmm. which is this, like, very, very, um, I don't know, to-do athletic club that's, like, near Central Park here in New York. Mm-hmm. And they would recruit 
former national team members and give you a membership in order to compete for them. So I would do some like really, I know. It's That's like hilarious. So it's New like, York. It's oh a rec league, basically. It's so New York. That is so New York. Yeah. And like the, the memberships are like stupid expensive. They're so yeah. expensive, yes. Stupid. I worked at a company, they're like, we give you 20% off. I'm like, That's still so much more egregious, it's so expensive. Egregious amounts of money. And and it's because the people that are members there for real, like, like the idea of like, I train with these people. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you don't. You pay thousands of dollars to like be in a pool with us. Sorry. Hey, that's actually so flattering. Though, it right? was pretty yeah. flattering. So, and, it, and and also one of the things a lot of my friends from swimming were doing it. So when I moved to New York, I did that. So I did swim a little bit then, but it was like hilarious. Like my goal, we had to go to a couple meets and my goal was to cold turkey, which means don't, don't warm up. Don't touch the water until you're racing, which mm-hmm. is very unhealthy. <laughs> but I would cold turkey all my races and see how fast I could go um, and probably hurt myself in the process. <laughs> um, but it was it was definitely a funny, more funny experience. So I, I really like swimming and that was, it took me a while to kind of get back around it where I was like, the actual act of swimming and even racing and like, I liked training. Like all of that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I probably would do some sort of like swimming for working out now if I had easier access to a pool, I didn't want to like do the New York athletic club. Once I started doing stand up, I was like, when mm-hmm, genuinely, yeah. this is not a good use of my time anymore. And I don't like swimming indoors. So being able, if I was like in LA, I'd probably swim But mm-hmm. here. I'm like, eh. so what got you into improv and then led you into stand up? Like what? I was, I was obsessed with stand up. Okay. I was obsessed with stand up when I was growing up. Like I used to go and LimeWire all of the albums. Remember LimeWire? Yeah, yeah. I would just just download every virus directly to my family's computer for for comedy albums. Comedy albums. I would just look up, and I would I didn't care who it was. I would look up Comedy Central. Remember they did the half hours? They still do the half hours, Mm -hmm. but. Back then, it was like a big, like, half, mm-hmm. new half hour just dropped. Yeah. And you really couldn't get stand-up anywhere else. Like, maybe you could go buy, like, a CD. Or if you had HBO. Or if you had... We certainly did yeah. not. <laughs> we, we didn't have TV. My parents were like, why would we pay for that? She's like, we're never we home to watch it. You're never, first yeah, of all, you're never home. Second of all, we had, like, the basic cable. We're like, they're like, everybody loves Raymond plays on that, though. So, like, <laughs> what else are you watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, all you need to watch. Yes. And, um, but we, we had internet at that point. Like it was just the early days of the internet. We're just past asking Jeeves. Mm-hmm. So when LimeWire came out, I would download all the, the Comedy Central half hours and I would like, I re- listened to them when we were driving and stuff like that. Like I was super obsessed with it. So I always really loved comedy. I never, ever put it together that you could do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I never, I, I don't know what, but I was just like, well, this is make-believe people mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. real you know they're not though yeah they're not <laughs> even now i'm like now, I'm stand-ups like, aren't real stand-up, stand-up <laughs> is not a real thing what about this just children um but then in college one of my girlfriends who is now a tv writer um who's on strike R.I.P. WJ Strong. Yes, welcome to WJ Strong. Um, and SAG, SAG, right? SAG is going to strike in July. Okay. The contract is up June 30th, and then there's going to be another strike. So Are you going to take to the streets? And I, yeah, I'll probably take to the streets. Nice. You should. Networking. I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, talk about making a sketch team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> truly. Um, you have time. Sid is in SAG, you which is a fun fact. That is yeah, a fun fact. It's a fun fact, but... 
And so I basically joined SAG for insurance, which is not how anyone joins SAG, but you know. That's great. It, it's fun. But um, if you go as SAG and support the WGA strike, they give you a free t-shirt. And I'm like, there are a lot of things I will do for a free t-shirt. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'll do for a free t-shirt. Okay, so you were obsessed with comedy. So I was obsessed with comedy growing up. And then my friend who was more, um, she had like wanted to be a TV writer from the get and was like a little bit like understood kind of the back end a little bit more mm-hmm. started doing improv and I swam with her and so she kind of got me like understanding what improv was and improv is much easier for scheduling like there's I mean it's a Ponzi scheme a little bit um <laughs> there's a class at this time and that's when you're always there that that's a class exactly yeah. you can sign up you do the class you go it's six weeks you have a performance whatever um it's whatever six to eight and I was able to fit it into my training schedule um, when I was, I think, I think I did it not my senior year, but the year after. So like after I finished college swimming, mm-hmm. which had a little bit more requirements on time, like I had to go like study hall and shit like this. And, <laughs> and also I, take classes. And also take, get, an, <laughs> get an education <laughs> or whatever that was. And then afterwards, um, I had a little bit more time like around like trying to like make, you know, part-time work and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I did improv and I was like, well, I hate the other people. Yes. I always say this. Uh, I was like, you guys aren't funny. I'm not funny either, but like, you're really not funny. (laughs) No, that's not fair. Actually, a lot of the people I did end up doing improv with, I really, really loved. Like I'm still friends with to this day. And a lot of them actually ended up being really funny, but my sense of humor didn't really work as well for it's it, I like spoken word stuff. I didn't like performance art kind of acting at the same time. Um, I really enjoyed that time, but then I knew that I liked admired stand up more and like watching stand up a lot more. Still, at this point, did not understand how to do stand up yeah. or like how to get into doing stand up. That never really made sense to me, but I knew that was like what I was like really into. Mm-hmm. And then I started dating Matthew, um, my boyfriend, Matthew Broussard, who is a professional comedian. And this was in 2015, end of 2015. I was kind of coming into the tail end of my swimming career. And he lived in LA and was doing stand-up there um, professionally, like full, full-time. And so at this point, I started dating him. And I'm like, well, this fucking idiot can do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just kidding. He was really, really good and like on TV already. Like he had just started doing like tv stuff at that point like i when i started dating him like four months later he got um i think conan mm-hmm. which was wild mm-hmm. we're like this is cool because when i first started dating him he had nothing online whatsoever and then we started dating and he got all these great things so like, no, not to can... say that <laughs> i'm a pretty good talent scout but <laughs> i was like man you're like <laughs> doing well <laughs> what happened <laughs> Well, that's nice. You know, you know, you found him before. I did. So no one can say you did it for the clout. No, I definitely did. He did it for the clout, maybe. He, he, he did do it for the clout. He, he has did. jokes about doing it for the clout. He was, um, Matt was a swimmer in high school and like loved swimming and was a huge fan of my swimming, which is weird. <laughs> I was like, why? Are you sure? And uh, he was sure. So he really, really enjoyed that element and like thought it was so cool how fast I was and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm faster than you. <laughs> Let's just continue to remember that. <laughs> but it's very cool that you do this stand up thing. So then we both, we dated long distance for a year and then we moved to New York. And then once we moved to New York, I knew I wanted to try stand up at some time, but I needed to like figure out how to live in New York, mm-hmm. which is, it takes approximately at least a year before mm-hmm. you can say that you've done that. In my opinion. Yeah, I agree. 
very intense place. And I was working. I was I did this job where I had to travel all the time. So I couldn't really do it. And then I started doing it. And then the pandemic hit. Immediately. Like immediately. And I was like, am I not supposed to do this? <laughs> and the answer was probably yes. I'm probably supposed to quit. But I did not. And here we are. And here we are. Well, and I feel like you and Rachel started like the quintessential pandemic show. We did. That's yeah. like still going. We did. Brooklyn Underground Comedy. Everybody yes. look it up. It's a delight. Um, yeah, we did it like outdoors. And it was one of those things where New York, like we obviously have shitty weather, but in the summer it's quite nice. And so people were doing like park shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so we found this venue that would allow us to do an outdoor, like I felt pretty safe in that, like we would do temperature checks and stuff like that. So we were following all the rules that people followed for like outdoor dining and things like that. And, um, we did a show and we got way better talent on than we should have at that stage. Let me tell you that (laughs) for like a random, like it's funny now that the scene is kind of normalized again. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, the comics we were pulling onto this show because no one had anything to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of like sometimes think back on those like couple of months, like that summer. Yeah. This was the summer of 2020 into the fall. And I'm like, I sort of like romanticize that. Likewise. I had a blast. It was Uh so fun. And like, (laughs) I just feel like, I don't know. I like we were talking to someone. Oh, we were talking to Christy Chalo, and she was saying that like she was like, oh, I never thought about people like you who like started comedy right before the pandemic and like how hard that must have been. And I was like, it was hard. Like, don't get me wrong. Totally. But then, since we didn't have the added pressure of making money from it, like, right? It was really fun. I like, think for tr- truly, it's the reason I'm still doing it. Yeah, is because I started right before. It helped also build that community so much faster. Yeah, like, because mm-hmm. everyone who was there was obviously a lot of people who left New York for that period, fair, or weren't performing during that period, super fair, super fair. But for the people, especially at like our level at that point, doing it, like I think everyone kind of bonded a lot more. Mm-hmm. Or was like, oh yeah, you were here during the pandemic, you know, pandemic comics. So like I think that that helped kind of mesh that group together a lot faster than I would have just been. I remember beforehand going to open mics and it was just super aggressive and adversarial and like difficult to meet people mm-hmm. versus once you're in the park, it's like just more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Well, and mics were like transactional of like, you go to this one and then like, which one are we going to next? Like everybody's doing the mic hopping thing. Yeah. And in the pandemic, it was like, I think about Sabrina's mic, and it was, it was so just fun. like she brought snacks. She brought, <laughs> she brought Aperol spritzes for everyone. And then when it got chilly, she brought hot toddies. Yeah, it was just like a Central Park hang with comedians trying jokes, and there was no pressure. Like, yep. I don't know. I remember when I because I would kick us out of the park. We'd be there for so long, it would get dark, and they'd be like, "You guys have to leave the park." Yeah, I remember because I left and I was in New York. I mean, in North Carolina for a couple of months, and then when I came back, that was like in full swing. The so I missed like the early stages yeah. of the pandemic groups, but then I remember literally vividly going to Sabrina's mic and being like, "I have not done comedy in." four months or whatever it was and everybody was like so nice and I was like I know these jokes aren't funny like I'm just taking my TikToks and happy. saying them in front yeah. of people and everybody was just like woo we're having a good time yeah. I was like but wow pure moment same with us when we were running our park show literally we get DMs from people they're like hey it'd be great if I could like get some time on your show um understand no worries if not here's a tape and the tape is their colbert set and we're right like, yes you can come <laughs> like we actually can't stop you from doing stand-up just come and it is actually you. public space <laughs> yeah. 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 it's like we're under there is one tree that is our tree but you can absolutely come and do your colbert set 
yes. on, in the park. It was ridiculous, that mm-hmm. whole situation. Um, but it was really fun. And so yeah. that was kind of like my, that was my first couple fucking months of stand-up. It's just, I did what, I did a show on the subway. Oh, I did, yeah. Like, it was craziness. Looking back, I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I don't know, but it was really fun. It was fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. now you'll be able to say that forever. Like, I know. Which is very cool. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also all the comics who, like, I met during that period and, like, were, like, really hustling during that period still. I'm like, I'm always going to have an extra element of respect for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Because it's not just, oh, okay, that you just perform at New York Comedy Club, like, in the cushy, like, venue, drinks, God forbid, audience <laughs> that all is not, you know potentially going to attack you, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like safety, like whatever this is, uh, which is obviously fair things to request, but you know, yeah, we were roughing it. We were really, yeah, we were really, it was also just like dogs running through your set. Dogs. The amount of times dogs are just like running. Oh <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a we, blessing. We have a photo of somebody doing a set and a dog taking a massive dump, like right behind yeah. them. <laughs> It might have been Lucy. It might have been Sabrina's dog, but... Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, that just blasted me all the way back. Mm. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, and is there, anything, is there anything you'd like to add before we move on? No, I don't think so. Wait, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like being a champion swimmer and being a stand-up comedian are both things that people want to know about. Like, yeah. people mm-hmm. from high school, people from whatever. So when you run into people, what which do you think they're most... Like starstruck by I, starstruck's giving it a lot, um, <laughs> but um, I think in terms of interest levels, again, a lot of the people that I are my social circle from the high school and college time is are swimming related, mm-hmm. so they kind of know the yeah. swimming stuff. They don't really they care, but they're not really that worried about it anymore, and they're all in their own relationships with swimming. Um, so people are very interested in the stand up end, which is funny because like I'm still super low level in the stand up world. You know, like there's so much to do there yeah um but even just performing in new york at all is a huge comp like it takes a shit ton of effort in order to be able to do that get booked do anything with any of the clubs or anything like that so they view it as like this oh my god like you're like really doing it i'm like you have no idea how much further is (laughs) to go but so i would say they get very like interested in that side and you have to be like well we're all mentally ill so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot of good girls gone sad comedians out yes. there. Yes, I will say. Yes, there is. I think you have to go sad to be a comedian, or else you have to be a guy. Those are the two. <laughs> Actually, probably about right. Yeah, you have to be like a man who's always been told he was smart or funny, or yeah, and a then, sad girl. <laughs> man who was also- here's a, here's an element: a man who was always told they were smart and funny, then realized in real life they're not. And then they're like, I got to go prove it somehow. Yeah. And I'm going to hit to stand up. For girls, if you're told you're funny, you're like, it's usually sarcastic. You know? Yeah. I think you're funny. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or people are like, genuinely shocked. They're like, that was a really good set. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something We're all, we all. Not surprised. Yeah. Yes. <sighs> or, I don't know, Maisel did wonderful things for women in comedy. They're like, she was doing it in the 60s. It's like crazy. I'm like, it's fake. 
Yeah, people. Fake. The amount of times people have been like, "Do you feel like marvelous, Mrs. Maisel?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not divorced with no, two kids, I'm but thanks so much for checking." Jewish woman, <laughs> yeah, in the 1960s New York. <laughs> I didn't become famous from like ranting on stage yeah, for 20 minutes for no with no prep. <laughs> I'm like, I took a class at the comedy cellar. That's very different. <laughs> Um, okay, I th- is it time for Good Girl Glossary? It's time. Okay, Laura, we'd like to ask you for your entry into the Good Girl Glossary, which is the definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. Um, okay, I want to do, I think, like the competitive element of being a good girl, where I like genuinely thought that like being faster or beating men in athletic endeavors would make them like me. Mm. So funny. In retrospect, they hate it. Whoa! <laughs> They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. <laughs> they don't like it. It's not attractive to them at all. That's because so men funny. do sports to get laid, and women, if you try to do sports to get laid, it like usually doesn't. <laughs> usually not that at all. Same thing with stand up. I feel they like hate they, yeah. they, they hate it too. They hate it too. They think like maybe on paper they might be like, yeah, I'd like that. They fucking hate it. They don't. No, they like want somebody it. that makes them laugh. But nobody else. They want yeah. someone to laugh at them. Yes. If you laugh at them, they think you're funny. Nikki Glazer always talks about this. There's like a study where like men, I'm probably going to mess it up, but it, it's men and women both say the number one thing they're looking for is a sense of humor, but men define it as someone who will laugh at my jokes yes. and women define it as someone who will make me laugh. Yeah. And it's like, that is so real. That is unbelievably real. Same thing applies to sports and stuff like that. I remember we, I have a, a little joke about this, but like, we would do the mile run for gym class and I would win. Um, <laughs> like against Love the boys. <laughs> but they hated, like, I yeah. mean, yeah. what a emasculating moment, especially for the guys who were the athletes. And I was yeah. like, well, you're not like going to compete for the United States on a, on a global <laughs> stage. It's like, I, it's like, I better be able to be. I'm going to beat yeah. the evangelical Christian middle school guy. Okay? <laughs> I was going to say, probably not. And then I'd have like a crush on them and they'd be like, nah, dude, like you just embarrassed me <laughs> yeah. in front of everyone. Well, it's got to be so specific with swimming because it's like one of the few sports where it's like exactly measure yes. for measure. Yes. Like yeah. your time, it doesn't really matter either way. Like, yep. yeah. Totally. Did your school have the presidential fitness test? Yes. Which by the way, what? <laughs> well, I feel confident that you're our second guest ever who has gotten it. Oh, you and Drex. Oh. Drex. We were talking I, about I, it. It wasn't even a question. It, it didn't even make me go serious. They actually Here's made her. you president. Yeah. <laughs> I was running it. <laughs> I we was had, in charge. We had talked about it a ton because both said and I like almost got it every year, mm-hmm. but it was like the pull-ups that held me back. And it was so <laughs> infuriating not being able to do, to do one single pull-up, which is all you had to do. What we wanted was a certificate that yeah. told us we did a good job. And that's the thing. We knew our muscles weren't big enough, but I, I would not deal. Can we also just go back and realize that, well, I think, what was it, Eisenhower or something? One of the presidents made it his initiative yeah. Yeah, to make kids be fit. Like, that yes. was, like, his whole thing. And then, like, we took that and ran with it for, like, a long yeah. decade. Like, I decades did- of us... Being like, if you can touch your toes, the president's going to give you a thumbs up. <laughs> Think about it nowadays. If Biden was like, you got to touch your toes, kids, I'd be like, someone needs to keep an eye on Biden. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. too is that we never prepared for it. It was just like a day suddenly. So it wasn't like, oh, you're training. Yeah. Like, let's make sure you're equipped for this. It was like, touch your toes and get out. Climb like, this rope. <laughs> we were both dancers. So we were like, the one thing I can do is touch my so toes. Reach, I'm going to touch Sit my toes. I'm going to go. I'm gonna touch further than my toes. Well, I'm gonna touch flexible too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have very flexible ankles and stuff like oh. that. So 
that goes to good the good point. I know. I That's feel really like nice I feel point. like Thank you're. You. I did ballet. I know you always to, talk to cross about train. you talk about doing ballet and being taller than everybody. Oh man, got ballet was ballet was such a, um, a really humbling experience for me. But I could I could turn out and point mm-hmm. like I could do the core mechanics. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else, they were like, "You gotta get out of this class. I'm you sure are you are fired." I mean, <laughs> your, your jumps would have been so high. I was, like, oh, yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> like in the sky, <laughs> technically nailing it. Technically nailing it, but like you gotta be not you, Laura, to, in order to achieve in ballet. They don't want you there. So well, I'm glad to know now that flexible ankles. I have one single thing that might make me biologically good at swimming. There you go. You're like my arm length, and I'm like, yeah, my arms are actually like really short. Like uh, when I'm sitting up, my arms don't touch oh, the floor. Oh wow! Yeah, they don't. And I I noticed that in dance because you would do like the, no one's gonna be able to tell what I'm doing, but like you would like sit and they would be like and put your arms flat on the floor. Well, yes, I could not reach. do that. I could not do that either. And so you'd have to like scrunch up your body and then because there's like a way you're supposed to be able to do a handstand to like bring yourself up and yeah. I can't do that either. Wow. I'm biologically created to not play sports. <laughs> yeah, which is See if I do sense. it, I have like so much bonus. Oh my, oh god. my oh god. god. Like so much bonus Your, arm. Laura's arms wow. are at a 90 degree angle. Yeah, like, I'm like <laughs> You do have so much extra arm. I have to like scrunch up to do it I, flat. I, you know? I have to like push my uh, shoulders yeah. all the way down. What an amazing glossary entry. Now we're, we're exercising. Yeah, we're doing Wait, so oh, that was my plan all along. So like um Oops. Sorry, th- throwing things. I got so excited. <laughs> what do we think the is it beating boys to make them like you or yes. being competitive? Yes, yes that's probably beating, it. Boys? beating boys to make them like I you. I think it's the same Unsus- unsuccessfully. Unsuccessfully, because I think it's the same thing with like intelligent. Like oh, uh, I 100%. would like to like pass surpass somebody on a reading test or something like that i think that's yeah. kind of the same core value yes 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 if you got the remember those math that did you guys do those like math competitions like they wouldn't let me compete but I think someone was doing them <laughs> like math olympiad or like mad minute math? it was like like um because all of a, it am like something god damn it like not, not the in-class timetable quizzes no, there was like some like weird contest they put you in. Maybe this was just my school. Maybe this was that middle we, school again. We did, like, <laughs> Coming couple, in hot. We did a couple math things because I like went to states one time and was like, I just took a test and they sent me to states. Like, I that's good. That's okay, a good sign. That, yeah, <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> Why am I here? They actually, I took that test. And they went, wait, what? Should, should, should we remediate her? And they're like, we can't. She's too good at everything else. She's just so bad at math. And they're like, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I do, I do think that the same thing of like, you think, guys think they want somebody athletic or funny or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, that's also true with like, they think they want something smart, somebody smart. They want but someone to think like, that they're smart. But not smarter than me. Like, I want you to be yes. smart. They, but... I want you to know what I'm saying. Yeah. But I don't want you to know more than me. It was a really hard like realization when I realized like men don't like achievement from women. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I think I hate men now, and <laughs> <Yeah>. I do. <laughs> so or it's something that I that they could never do. Like I think like that's why men like love ballerinas. Like they're not gonna do ballet. Yeah, it's your, yeah. So stay in your lane. Where I'm really generalizing. Um, I Let's know that there's a nuance about men. <laughs> I, that is funny though because I feel like Michael and I have like very different strengths and I think that's why he doesn't care that I do stand up and like and also Michael's a good person yeah <laughs> so here's another thing a lot of dudes bad people that's a lot of women bad, bad people too I will say this is not we have our own set of issues that mm-hmm. are very bad but a lot of guys are just you know I think I got very lucky like Matt like really loves my achievements and yeah. things like that that I, I've been able to do all these things 
and celebrates that. But it's, I didn't realize like that's not a given. That Mm -hmm. is not a given. And if you are not celebrating your women's achievements, you're a bad person. And I will stick by that. Although, if you're a man listening to this podcast, something tells me that doesn't apply to you. <laughs> yeah, that is a really strong point. We get, we get very nice DMs from men. They're like, oh. thank you so much for your, everything you do. We re- I really relate. And sometimes it's hard to find things that I relate to. So we have oh my God, very nice, sweetest, the nice girls, gentlemen. The yeah. girls. All 7% God. of men that listen to this podcast. Yeah, Actually, yeah. If you, here, I'll change my stance. If you listen this podcast you are automatically a good dude yes yeah excellent i think that's true okay Okay. we all say it at once to solidify being boys okay we got it beating boys in competition to get them to like you unsuccessfully officially in maybe our best unison yet yeah that was really good it felt right you are a competitor (laughs) like get it right ladies Okay, well now we play what we like to call a silly little game. Yes. This no. game this game is called Chat GP Trivia. Oh. And we told Chat GPT some facts about you and asked them, <laughs> him, her, it, them. them to make you a personalized trivia game. Oh my god, fun. Mm-hmm. So I said, could you please write a fun personalized trivia game that incorporates swimming, Texas, stand-up comedy, business, podcasting, and cybersecurity? Whoa! I'm now. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm over here. I'm like, what if I don't? <laughs> Did I miss what any if, core interests? Um. um uh, sure, but prop. No, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. good. That's enough. That's enough interest. Awesome. So they named this trivia game "Diving Into the Lone Star Laughs," which whoa, is cool. <laughs> heavy emphasis on Texas, ChatGPT. Yeah, yeah, and each round has a different topic, and they also gave those rounds a name. So they actually really understood the assignment. That's fine. <laughs> ChatGPT is doing the most. Talk about a good girl. ChatGPT oh is the ultimate good and then, girl. And then it's like, like, did you like that? Did you like what I did? Did you like I'll that? Change it if you didn't like, do you I'll have any edits it. for us? <laughs> Thank you so much for your feedback. Here's a new thing. Yeah. Um, I will say though, one of the answers was wrong. <gasps> I took that question out, but I, it, well, um, I, okay. they were asking who has the most gold medals of a, which female has the most gold medals in swimming, and it was Katie Ledecky. Yeah. But they said somebody say. else. Katie Ledecky, I roomed with her. And then I Googled it because I was like, I'm pretty sure I remember this like record being broken. And that's when I learned that ChatGPT is not up to date. Yeah. Mm. There's a really big thing right now where everyone's like, it can spread a lot of misinformation. Mm-hmm. Like, but then, unchecked. <laughs> Michael told me that I should just tell it that it was wrong. And it said, thank you so much for your feedback. You're correct. It was Katie Ledecky. So I was like... What are you- I thought you knew ChatGPT. Like, what? Are you- yeah, I mean, at least ChatGPT is willing to learn. I will say that. Yeah. Open to improvement. Yeah. Which is very much a good girl. As a good girl that spreads around misinformation, not on purpose. I have been tell. I just I love fun facts, and if I hear them, I'm like, that's a fun fact. My, I have a whole podcast where I'm pretty sure we spread misinformation the whole time. <laughs> I love. It's that. like our whole theme. <laughs> just well, we're making this up. So you said it was risque. Yeah, it yeah, is. Said it was I don't know what to tell you? Like we're making up shit. Like I told people that there were um, five stop points on the Statue of Liberty's crown for one for each borough, and someone was like. That's not true. It's seven. It sounds it's awesome. One, but it's it's seven. It's one for each continent and one for each sea, which is actually different. But like, right? Doesn't it was like for the five girls. Like, wasn't it given to us like before all of that was all like, like settled, established? Yeah, I love that. And I, when someone told me that, I went, I have a lot of text to send. <laughs> That's true. That's Which right. is huge. 
All right, okay. so do you want to kick us off with yes. round one? Okay, round one, making a splash in swimming. <laughs> in which year did Michael Phelps win a record-breaking eight gold medals at the Beijing Olympics? 2004, 2008, 2012, or 2016? 2008. 2008. You know what is hilarious, though? Is that it said Beijing. Yeah. And also, I'm not a swimming fan. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I was really good. I know so like so little about swimming. I paid attention to my times only. Oh my. I actually respect that so much. Yeah. I didn't, I like kind of didn't like it. I was like, this is kind of boring. I don't know. Like, I love that. But I'm That's very huge. good at it. <laughs> like... But also, yeah, it's at the Beijing Olympics, so you don't have to know anything about Michael Phelps also, or my, medals. Also, my best friend made the Beijing Olympics, and I went to the Olympic trials for that Olympics. So there you go. Yeah, so I, I know it. Yeah, you were, you were I heard it. on that one. <laughs> that one I, I knew. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, tragic I also deleted one of the questions, which was, um, which swimming style is known for its butterfly kick? And the answer <laughs> was the butterfly. butterfly. And I was like, that just seems, like, rude to yeah. ask that. <laughs> um, this one is funny, though. This is... This is one that ChatGPT came up with. True or false, the Texas Longhorns have a dominant collegiate swimming program. It's true. It is true. <laughs> true. It is very true. Yes. All right. Well, great job on questions one and two. Moving Thank on to round so two. Thank you so much. What do I win? Um, you win another round. Yes. Okay. Texan stand-up comedy. Which famous comedian was born and raised in Houston, Texas? Jerry Seinfeld, Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, or <coughs> Jim Parsons? Hilarious. I have no idea. Um... Born and raised Born in Houston? Born and raised in Houston. It's not Jerry Seinfeld. No, it's not Jerry Seinfeld. I don't think it's Dave Chappelle. You don't? Is he from Houston? Apparently he's from Houston. We, Are we, we sure? We double check that. Like, Let's Google. <laughs> I feel like I would know, but I also... I thought he was famously from Ohio. He lives in Ohio now. He was born in Washington, D.C. All right, ChatGPT. Wait, is ChatGPT just giving me all wrong answers? This is such a bummer. Yeah, he was born in Washington, D.C. What the hell? Was he raised in Houston, at least? Uh, not according to... No, he was Silver Springs, Maryland. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> okay, Kevin Hart. Maybe Kevin Hart's from there. Maybe it's Jim Parsons. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, don't take your test from chat GPT. Yes, he is from Philly. Okay, Hart. so Jim... Wow, I can't Jim believe... Parsons was born in Houston. Okay, so they just got the answer wrong. Okay, don't believe he's not everything. a stand-up comedian. Yeah, what the hell? Don't believe ever... Well, they said which famous comedian, so I guess That's maybe true. he's a person who does comedy. Yeah, and he went to University of Houston. Well, wow. I did not know that he was from Houston, so we're all learning This more. also brings up our theme of question everything. Yes! Question this everything. Is, this, is, this is me in the Catholic Church yeah. right now, <laughs> but I'm like, chat GPT, I'm like, uh-uh, I don't believe it for a second. You know, I respect you, because I would have just been like, it's Dave Chappelle, you're right. Moving on. No, I was like, that's <laughs> absolutely incorrect. Wow. Well, I know this next one is correct. Is but is he also from Texas? Is this next person from Texas? That's a great question, probably. Okay, right? you should go. I'll look it up. Okay. Which, this Texas comedian is known for his iconic catchphrase, get her done. Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is he from Texas? Let's I don't out. know. I don't know. I totally He's could be. He was born in Pawnee City, Nebraska. God what? damn it. ChatGPT. What the heck? ChatGPT is rebelling Chat against GPT us. ChatGPT has never heard of Texas. That's yeah, ChatGPT. We, you, Texas is a state of mind in ChatGPT. Yeah. Okay, so they must have just pulled this from his Wikipedia because so he moved to West Palm Beach when he was 16 
And then he... Oh, I'm sorry, can we just pause on that for a second? Larry the Cable Guy grew up in West Palm. West <laughs> Palm. Everything West Palm is a scam, Because his father was a Christian minister there. Okay. Oh, Which, that's, you that's know, yeah, it's like, uh, okay. That is Texas vibes, But actually. he went to a school called the King's Academy. I'm sorry. Yes, he did. But, which, which is probably religious, though. Maybe. Maybe. But he went to University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and he credits his roommates from Texas and Georgia for inspiring his southern accent. Uh, sorry. It says southern accent impression, which I think is so shady of Wikipedia. I love that. Wow. <laughs> southern accent impression. Okay. That is hilarious. I'm glad I know that. I'm actually happy that we're going through this because I'm learning more from <laughs> ChatGPT being wrong. I'm feeling ChatGPT tricked right now. Yeah, BT trade. That's better. ChatGPT trade. Wow. Now I feel like everything is a lie. That's okay. This is fun. We're learning. Because now I know that Flurry the Cable Guy is from West Palm Beach, and that is a fun fact. Round three, business in podcasting. Okay. In which year was the popular business podcast, oh, How Jesus. I Built This, launched? 2012, 2014, 2016, or 2018? Are you looking this up, Becca, just to double check? I was trying to, but I couldn't find <laughs> it. Does anyone have, like, a passionate opinion on the 2014? Let's go with You that. got it! Yeah! Oh, I knew it! You got it! A true winner. Okay. Um, I feel yeah. like that's when almost every podcast launched. Yes. Yeah. That was, like, a hot year for potting. I can't even, like, find it on the internet readily available. So we're just going to go we're with it. We're going that. with it. 2014. Um, okay. True. Don't listen to it. Listen to this podcast listen, and yeah. my and, podcast. And Risque Business News. Yeah. Yes. Every true. other podcast, delete. Mm-hmm. So true. I love um, on Sounds Like a Cult when she says at the very end, she says, um, if you liked this podcast, give us a five-star rating. And if you didn't like it, go give another podcast the rating you would have given <laughs> <Nox>. us. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, true or false? The term podcasting originated from the combination of iPod and broadcasting. Sure. <laughs> true. It true says according it's true. to ChatGPT. Yeah. I mean, that sounds correct. Should we look it up? Sure. I yeah, You know that. what? We can also just take that as misinformation and spread one. it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Round four, cybersecurity showdown. Oh, God. Which famous whistleblower leaked classified documents in 2013 that revealed global surveillance programs? Edward Snowden, Julian Assange, Chelsea Manning, or Aaron Schwartz? Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden. Very interesting. 2014 was a busy year. We had podcasts. We had Edward Snowden. We launched WikiLeaks. (laughs) They were like, you want information? We got information. We got you. We've got so much to read and listen to. Welcome to the rest of your lives. Okay, Becca. Okay, <laughs> which of the following is not a common type of cyber attack? Malware? Malware? Yeah. That is. Ransomware, adware, that is. or paddleware? Adware. Wait, paddleware. Yeah. It's paddleware. That's <laughs> so random. <laughs> paddleware is that's not a thing. Yeah. But it sounds like it could be. So go on ChatGPT for that. Okay. Um, your last one. True or false? The term phishing comes from the idea of luring victims in with a bait, similar to phishing. It's true. It's true! And that concludes the trivia game. Check your answers and see how well you did. Have fun exploring the exciting world of swimming, Texas stand-up comedy, business, podcasting, and cybersecurity. That is delightful. (laughs) I guess I keep my job now because I got all the cybersecurity questions. Crushed And corrected them on stand-up. What if... What if, like, an AI like, got all the things about cybersecurity wrong and it was just, like, feeding us false information about cybersecurity? Oh, yeah. It's like, actually, and just give us your... then it sends you a phishing attack and <laughs> yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. now they're Just give there. us your social security number. You don't need it. It's a spy on the inside. 
Well, great job. Yeah, congrats. Thank you so much. Oh my God, that was so fun. ChatGBT. You beat ChatGBT, actually. So. Yes. You should feel really good. We'll get you a certificate. Does ChatGBT have a crush on me now? Um, I think so. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so the last thing we do is we like to say we pass the offertory plate. So anywhere that people could donate a little money, where we can find you. Oh, okay. Metaphorical money. Metaphorical. Metaphorical. Or, or real money if you want to so buy things. Money? Say yeah. your Venmo or whatever. I mean... <laughs> Uh, no, how about you just go give me five stars? Listen, how about this? You don't have to listen to the podcast, but you can go to my podcast and like leave five stars, and that would be the offertory. And play. tell them about your podcast. My mm-hmm. podcast is called Risque Business News. I run it with another stand-up comic, May Planner, and basically we go through whatever business news stories have come up. There's a lot of them. People are really going nuts with their money, and we talk shit extensively. It's about the various scandals that are going on. So, but like, it's also we did, educational. Like, I listened, I listened and I've learned. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. We sometimes are misinforming, but like we do a lot of disclaimers when we get into the fuzzy area. We're like, this could, this could be, the internet said, we didn't check more, but just so you know, the internet is saying this, but we do like, we did like this really deep, deep dive on um, Elon Musk. Uh, We did like eight parts on him and we're still not caught up. It's insane. (laughs) There's a lot to talk about with that man. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Holmes. um, We just talked about Fire Festival 2. That's going to be coming out soon. I'm trying to go. If he actually does it, Billy McFarland. You definitely should go. You should oh go for research. Yeah. For research. Tax write-off. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's like, there's un- unbelievable amounts of stories to be able to cover there. So I think we're going to do Andy Cohen. Oh. Nice. Yes. Because it's, I mean, of the, of the times right mm-hmm. now. So... Yeah. Very fun. And then if we want to find you on socials, where would we find you? You can find me. It's just my name on most of the platforms. I don't really TikTok, uh, but I need to start. Take, you know what? Follow me on TikTok. Maybe I'll start <laughs> fucking posting some stuff. But definitely like Instagram. It's just my name, Laura Sogar, um, which is spelled L-A-U-R-A-S-O-G-A-R. Sugar with an O. I want to Sh- kill myself. Sugar, Sugar with an O. Oh, I yeah. love that. I hate <laughs> it. Oh my God. It is a so super yummy. different impression of who I am. It really is. I am is. not Sugar with an O. I can tell you that. I, I feel like I always think about it like so far. But yeah. so gar. But yeah. Sugar with an O is way better. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's cute, but it is not. It's, it's not little, me. It, it's almost antithesis. It yeah. really is. It just couldn't be less <laughs> That's so funny. And you're done. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. So fun. Thank you for coming. Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at TheBeccaStevenson on Instagram and at TheReal underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, The Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five-star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. Bye. Bye. Bye.